Now, now, so this is Pastor Tanyola, affectionately known as Pastor Tan. I wanted to kind of get right back with you on so many different things that are getting exposed in this year and this time frame. While we were looking at, now we'll say we because I was concerned about the people and their lives during this week. Do you understand that the House passed a bill that was talking about um, having our meat and it was synthetic now. It's going to be, you need to look at what you eat. And also at the same as that time, having all of these different bills passed while we're looking at something else. And then at the same as that time, do you understand that the enemy does not like you? Does not, I mean, honestly, seriously, let's talk about it because I had to realize today that as I'm doing, uh, I have, you know, here we have a market day where we can go get our produce a little bit cheaper than what they have it, you know, in the commissary, different places. So to me, fruit, vegetables, meat, I mean, you, you really do need to look at what you are eating and what you are consuming. Amen. And I was like, I take it personally because my grandfather was a farmer and I am one of those that, you know, I taste and I, 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 I honestly question what we eat because of him and because of how he raised me. So, you know, usually sweet potatoes came from the ground, potatoes, you know, everything came from the ground or, you know, we had uh, walnuts or pecans or, you know, apples and we had apple trees. Do you see that many apple trees lately? No, not the, not the female, but the male. And it's just so many different things that honestly, you need to catch with your eye. And I am one of those that if I see something, I'm going to say it because nine times out of 10, it benefits all of us not to stay in the dark. So this is why a lot of times I get on this podcast and I give you a little bit of tidbit of what, what my day is and also how I feel about it. And also at the same as that time, just being able to constantly give you what God has given me, that's a blessing. To hear God's voice is a blessing. To feel his presence, to feel his Holy Spirit, to feel just the glory of him to come into the room and sit with you, that's a blessing. And do not take that lightly. We have time to sit here and we go through the day you know, well, I got to go pick up this. I got to go do that. I, I, you know, I have to, I have to, I have to. But at the same exact time, it's like, do we spend more time with God? Do we honestly have our time, you know, in the morning with him? And do we, you know, honestly pray? And do we honestly give him the glory? Do you honestly think about who you are in God? There is such a thing that, People need to understand, I am one of those people that I need to make sure that I pray. I need to make sure that, you know, he is a part of me, not for religiousism, 
not for, you know, having to put this on or put that on just because of what, you know, this person said, that person said, no, but I'm, I'm doing this because I want to be able to serve him the more. I want to be able to give that time to him. And I want to be able, you know, we can get distracted by all of these different things, but yet and still don't have what God has given us. Don't have what we honestly do need in this time and this season. So it's a lot of times where we would, you know, partner up with someone or be in a whole entire relationship with someone that should not be. Let me say that one more time for you in the back. Do you understand that the majority of the time that I spend with people or um, I have time with people, whether it's my husband, my children, or, you know, introducing people here or, you know, just people in general, is something of an impact. You need to make that impact with that person because you never know what's going to happen next. Let me say that one more time for the people in the back. So many people get caught up in, well, let's just do this or let's just do that and everything else and having fun. But a lot of people don't understand that there are consequences that go along with actions. Let me say that one more time for the people in the back. Your consequences of you doing something that wasn't of God is going to come back. And it's going to be full blown. And God, in this time and this season, God is sitting there. He's giving you so much mercy. Don't take his mercy for granted. Let me say that one more time for the people in the back. When you honestly have that time with God, take it. When you honestly have that relationship with God, know it. When you have that relationship with God, as you can sit down and talk to God about things, do that. He's not above you sitting there and having a conversation with him. And I believe that he is just like what we want in a relationship. He wants to be just like he was with Adam. Definitely with Enoch. I mean, Enoch knocks it out the park. He, I mean, God and Enoch was so close that, you know, God walked with Enoch so much that, man, he just took Enoch. Enoch was no more. And to me, it's like, you want that type of relationship. You want that type of relationship with him that Adam had and that, you know, Abraham had and David had different people in the Bible had. I mean, you got to understand to say that you're after God's heart. That's David. That's, I mean, that's very rare. That is so, I don't know how to, how to say it. It's just rare. It's something in a moment in time where people can't honestly significantly say that. And it's just like, okay. The equivalent of people being married for a long period of time. And nine times out of ten, you don't hear about that anymore. You don't hear about them growing old together. You don't hear about, you know, them being able to go to a hospital and within seconds of each other passing away with each other. You don't hear about that. 
It's not, it's just a rare occasion. And that's how we should be able to bring that back. We should be able to sit there and say, God, I mean, that's a rare occasion, but he wants that for us. And I can't give that to you any more than that, but go talk to him about you. He made you. He knows what you've been going through. He knows, you know, significantly what you've been struggling with, who you, you know, what, you know, mental problems, medical problems, all the different things. God knows. God cares. We need to have that type of relationship with him. And to me, personally, when you have that type of relationship with him, you don't have to fear no man. And I said that today. I said, I fear only the person. And that's not even a person. I fear the God that can kill the body and the soul. And that's him. Satan can take this body. But God, God can kill my body and my soul. And see, that's something deadly. And even then, Satan can't even. You know, he can cause my body to have so many different pains, so many this and that. But God is the ultimate one that can kill this body and my soul. Amen. Now, I want to put this out because I thought about this. I, I went into a little bit more of a tangent with it. And I just wrote it down. I said, wow, okay. But it says, please teach my people the evil of dwelling among the ones who doesn't repent. And see, I had to go back a little bit because I said I was going to talk about this and God brought it through the Holy Spirit back to my remembrance. And it was talking about Jezebel's daughter, uh, Athenia. And um, when I went to look up her name, and I thought it was befitting because Athenia wasn't just some regular name. And you're like, wait a minute, Pastor. I mean, honestly, when you look it up, uh, it says it in the Hebrew, Yahweh is exalted. And it was talking about one woman and two men in the Old Testament. And they bought, they bore this name. Now, one of them was the wife of uh, Jerome, king of Judah, and the daughter of uh, Arab, king of Israel. Now, this is pretty much Jezebel's daughter. And I was like, well, God, that's kind of conflicting. You know what I mean? But God was like, you need to, you need to realize, give me a moment. And let me let you, um, let me let you see what's going on. And I said, all right, because I remember the story, but I had to understand that these are, you know, occurrences happen in the old Testament, but in the realities rings true that while the King of Judah, King, uh, Azarias died and I'm gonna go back, I'm gonna go back a little bit because I'm getting ahead of myself. And we're coming from uh, we're coming from Second Kings, and we were talking about. I'm gonna dip dip into a little bit of 
how Second Kings and it was the tenth chapter, but it, I'm dipping into the, where uh, Jehu was given the authority through God to bring down Baal, Jezebel, uh, all of that household. Amen. Now. I'm going to go ahead and go in the back end because I was like, wait a minute. God, you are so like, he gives you what's going on right then and there. And then he gives you like the the overall picture, like things that are occurring at the same exact time. Like some prophets were living at the same exact time, but they were just in different locations. And I had to learn that too also. But um, let me go ahead and go into here. Please get your um, uh, notepad, journal, pen, or paper. Second Kings, and we're going to go from the, um, and I'll skip around a little bit. But the Second Kings, um, the ninth chapter, no, excuse me, tenth chapter. And it was, uh, I'm going to start with uh, the 20, 20th to the 23rd chapter. 23rd verse, amen. 20th, and Jehu said, proclaim a solemn assembly for Baal, and they proclaimed it. 21st verse, and Jehu sent through all Israel and all the worshipers of Baal, Baal came, so that there were not only a man left that came not. And they came into the house of Baal, and the house of Baal was full from one end to another. Listen, just listen. 22nd verse. And he said unto them that was over the vestral, bring forth vestment for all the worshipers of Baal. And he brought them forth vestments. 23rd verse. And Jehu went and Jehoram, the son of Rashad, into the house of Baal and said unto the worshipers of Baal, search and look that there be here with you none of the service of the Lord, but the worshipers of Baal only. Okay, let me let me go down a little bit more. I'm, I'm, I'm gonna go, I'm trying to set um, the tone of what is critical about this. 21st, 24th verse, and we're gonna go a little bit more into it. And when they went into in, excuse me, and when they went, and to offer sacrifices and burnt offerings. Jehu appointed fourscore men without and said, if any of these men whom I have brought into your hands escape, he that letteth him go, he, his life shall be for the life of him. So the 25th verse, and it came to pass as soon as he had made an end of offering the burnt offering that Jehu said to the guards and to the captains, go in and slay them. Let none come forth. And they smoked them with the edge of the sword and the guard and the captains cast them out and went to the city of the house of Baal. Do you understand the slaughter that had to occur because of what was going on and how they were worshiping a false god. And that 
made God angry. So he had to appoint Jehu to come in and clean it all up. And it was, I mean, it was horrible. Now let's go down to the 27th verse. And I was like, okay, God, I mean, you have a lot of key components here, but one was uh, the, the motions and having a lot of different things going on. But it came to pass that the 30th verse, 2 Kings 10, 30th verse, and we're going to go back a little bit too. And the Lord said unto Jehu, because thou hast done well in executing that which is right in my eyes and has done unto the house of Herod, according to all that was mine heart, thy children of the fourth generation shall sit on the throne of Israel. 31st verse. But Jehu took no heed to walk in the law of the Lord God of Israel with all his heart. For he departed not from the sins of Jeroboam, which he made Israel to sin. Oh. So you can be right in certain places and still have some things wrong because you did not want to walk in a different way. And I was like, wow. I said, this is just a lot. Now, I'm going to go and and give you a little bit of background towards, and you know how and I'm going to let you see how the death of uh, Jezebel was. Let's go into Second Kings. And it was talking about the ninth chapter and the 30th verse. And when Jehu came unto Jeroboam, Jezebel heard it and she painted her face and tied her hair back. And looked out at a window. and. As Jehu entered in at the gate, she said, has Zeram peace who slew his master? 32nd verse. And he lift up his face to the window and said, who is on my side? Who? And there looked out to him two or three eunuchs. 33rd verse. And he said, throw her down. So they threw her down and some of her blood was sprinkled on the wall and on the horses. And he trotted her underfoot. 34 verse. And when he came in, he did eat and drink and say, go see now this cursed woman and bury her for she is a king's daughter. 35th verse. And when they went to bury her, but they found no more of her. Then the skull and the feet and the palms of her hands. 36 verse. Wherefore they came again and told him. 
This is Jehu he's talking to. And he said, this is the word of the Lord, which he spake by his servant Elijah, the Tishbite, saying, in, in the portion of Jeral shall dogs eat the flesh of Jezebel. 37 verse, and the cactus of Jezebel shall be as dung upon the face of the field in the portion of Jeral, so that, so that they shall not say, this is Jezebel. Do you understand that God, it was honestly, and to this day, we speak of Jezebel. And Jezebel, oh my God, has done some unspeakable horrors, putting some of God's people to pretty much to shame. And for their prophets, the prophets, she went and honestly, she went and killed them and thought it was all right to do this in order for her fail her ministry and everything else to prosper. No, God said, not so, not so, not so. So you would like to know Jezebel's children. One was Athenia and the other one was uh, Isaiah. If I'm saying it, pronouncing it wrong, please excuse me. But these two individuals, this is what produced out of Jezebel. And when she produced them, do you understand that all of the things that were going on at that time, I don't know about you, but it was like, whoa. You have done so much evil in God's sight. And to bring offspring and to keep them in that way speaks volumes. You knew already who they were, how they were. Instead of correcting your children, you didn't order yours and yourself. You didn't correct yourself, then you produce heirs, and then they did not get corrected. But yet and still, a lot of times, we want to baby our children when we know they're doing wrong. Let me say that one more time for people in the back. We know they done wrong, but you need to be looking at yourself also. Let me say that one more time for people in the back. You need to be looking at yourself first. Am I doing what God says do? Am I, you know, the cause of some of the upheaval with my children? Am I the one, honestly, not teaching them what God says? Am I one of those that are sitting up here and causing a stumbling for my children? What, what do you mean, Pastor? Are you doing what God says do? Or are you honestly sitting there and not doing what God says do and saying, oh, I'm good? Let me say that one more time to people in the back. People want to give this false narrative 
that I didn't do anything wrong. I am a victim. I'm not a victim. I should be. You should be living victoriously and not being a victim. Amen. But a lot of people want to sit here. You know, I had to raise the child. I had to do this and that by myself. I had to do. Yes. And I understand that. And that was something that you need to understand that God is speaking to you and telling you that, look, this is why I tell you all the time. You cannot always have a relationship with this person or that person. Because when you get into a relationship, whether it's a woman or a man, those people may not be of God. They may not be doing what God says to do. They may not be the ones that God told you to be able to have children with. Let me say that one more time for people in the back. God can sit there and honestly say, you know what? I didn't tell you to be with this person, but you chose to be with this person. Now you're going to suffer the consequences for that actions. How many people can be able to kind of relate to that? I know I can. I know that, you know, I had been in relationships prior to being married and it did not suit me. And it wasn't supposed to suit me because God didn't be able to be a blessing in that. He did not want me to correspond with those people. He didn't want me to be um, in a relationship with those people. Whether it was a man or a woman, he didn't want me to be in a relationship with those people. Because nine times out of ten, some people would want to be able to mentally control you and manipulate you. Let me say that one more time for the people in the back. There is such a thing that now we don't simply just educate people. We want to be able to control them. And that's not what they're supposed to do. We, as the body of Christ, is supposed to educate them. I can't pick and choose who you want to be able to serve. But while you're around me, I'm going to show you this is who I serve. And whether you like it or not, there is a standard that God has. And we, as the body of Christ, we need to know that standard. And also at the same exact time, people need to understand that you're educating them and not making them fearful, but educating, letting them know what's around them instead of them sitting up there and then blindsidedly getting into some things and they didn't even know. That's not even in my notes, but that's some things that we as the body of Christ need to give out to the people. And also, too, at the same time, while I was talking about Je Jehu, and he's going to come up a whole lot more, and uh, we're going to have also another king that's coming up, which is her son, Azariah, and he was the king of Judah. Now, please go with me to Second Chronicles, the 22nd chapter, and... You're going to get introduced to his mother, which is Athelia. And you're going to get, you know, you're going to get all of these different people. But it still goes back to Queen Jezebel. Okay. 
And it was saying that Second Chronicles 22nd chapter. And I want to go back into this because I, I said that, you know, God, the Holy Spirit reminded me, go back because this is essential. You need to know who you align yourself with. You need to know who you have around you. And you need to have a relationship with God. That's very important. Now, 22nd chapter, and I'm, I'm reading through the King James Version, and the inhabitants of Jerusalem made Asir his youngest son king instead for the hand, band of men that came from the Arabians to the camp had slain all the elders. This is, this is when all upheaval is going on. And also, uh, this is when King, the King, um, pretty much Harold had, um, went and, uh, was killed. And this is Queen Jezebel's, you know, husband. And now his son is supposed to take over. And, but this is, they're during wartime now also too. So the second, um, verse 40, in two years was Azir when he began to reign, and he reigned one year in Jerusalem. His mother's name was Athelia, the daughter of Omar, still saying, but it's also the, her mother was Queen Jezebel. Third verse, he was walking in the ways of the house of Arab, for his, for his mother was his counselor, to do wickedly. Okay. Verse four. Wherefore he did evil in the sight of the Lord, like the house of Aaron. For they that were his consorters after the death of his father to his destruction. Verse five. He walked also after their counsel and he went with Jehoram, the son of Aaron, king of Israel, to war against Azir, king of Syria, at Ramah, Gilead, and the Syrians smote Ram, Jerome. Verse 5, and he returned to be healed in Jeral because of the wounds which were gathered, excuse me, which were given him at Ram. When he fought with Azir, king of Syria, and Azir, the son of Jerome, king of Judah, went down to see Jehoram, the son of Azir, at Jerome, because he was sick. Verse 7, and the destruction of Azrael was of God by coming to Jerome. For when he came, he went out with Jerome against Jehu, the son of Nemosh whom the Lord had anointed to cut off the house of Aaron. Do you see what I'm saying? Because of his alliances and they were evil. I mean, who counseled him was Athelia. And that was his mother. And she walked in the ways of Jezebel. So now you're starting to see how being in the wrong council, especially when you know wrong. I mean, when you know what's right and what's wrong. And you choose to give your children that type of wrong, that type of evil. I mean, it's not just a type, it's just evil practices. Now you're starting to see the consequences 
and ramifications for some consequences. Verse 8. And it came to pass that when Jehu was executing judgment upon the house of Aaron and found the prince of Judah and the sons of the brethren of Azar that ministered to Azar, he slew them. Verse 9, he sought Azar, and they caught him, for he had hid in Samaria and brought him to Jehu. And when they had slain him, they buried him because they said he is the son of Jehoshaphat who sought the Lord with all his heart. So the house of Azir had no power to keep still the kingdom. And Jehoshaphat was his great grandfather. So God remembered him. And because he was a good king, they remembered him through his lineage. And also at the same time, Jehoshaphat came through the lineage of David, in which we know as now uh, the man after God's own heart. Amen. Now, we're going into a little bit more in depth. This is what goes behind what happened after the son was killed. And I thought this was befitting because... It was talking about Azir and how his name, Yahweh, has taken hold for protection or whom Yahweh sustains. And I was like, man, this is a lot because throughout all of the time that he was king, he worshiped Baal with his mother and Ashtar, which goes back to Jezebel. And which that these were, you know, the rain was a revolt of Moab and was given a yearly tribute of a hundred thousand lambs and a hundred thousand rams. And I was like, man, this is he he did a lot. And because of this, he was able to get, you know, seriously injured and through the battle. And I love how we understanding this is that. Through the battle, and he wants to, you know, call on a god of uh, Baal Zabur, god of Ekron, and he worshipped it constantly. So he was trying to send word through a messenger, and I send the word of God, but I wanted to kind of give it a little bit more. And it says that Elijah, the prophet, sent by God to intercept the messengers and proclaim to them that Azir would uh, die, that the king in anger tried to capture the prophet, but two groups of 50 men were consumed by fire from heaven in making the attempt. A third conduit was sent to seize the prophet, but instead employed Elijah to deliver them from the fate of their predecessors. This is in Second Kings, and it's the first verse, uh, 13 through 14 verse. All right. But now you're starting to see the substance is that after one has fallen, here comes this other one, Athelia. And you got to realize that God protects. And I love how God protected Judah during this time. And that God could have sat there and uh, not kept the covenant of David's covenant with them 
but he did anyway because he told David that someone from his lineage will always be a king, whether it was in Israel or whether it was Judah, that will be of his household. And I thought that was huge because God don't make mistakes. People make, we make, men make, mankind, we make mistakes. But God, he keeps his promises. And I, I, I like that. I really do. I, I appreciate that, Lord. Even through the, all the things we had to go through, he still remembers who we are. Amen. But let's get down into this one. And I love how Second Chronicles, it breaks it down. And it goes into Second Kings too. But Second Chronicles and Second Kings, those are the main points and reasons that you can be able to find this information. And I'm going in right now to Second Kings 22nd uh, chapter, and I'm going into the 10th verse, and this is going to get brutal. So please, if you have uh, children, please make sure that uh, they don't um, hear this, but younger children and uh, please um, explain to your children before you get on my podcast what is going on, how we have so many uh, killings, uh, bodily harm or injuries is because the consequences to their actions. And a lot of times God had to remove um, kings because of the way they were living. And especially if they weren't serving him. Amen. Now, going into 2 Kings 22nd uh, chapter and 10th verse. But when Athelia, the mother of Azir, saw that her son was dead, she arose and destroyed all the seed royal of the house of Judah. Let me say that one more time for the people in the back. Because she saw that her son. All right had got killed. She thought it was time for her to seize power over Judah. And she became the first woman ever to rule over Judah. But how do you think? I mean, it was like symmetry. And I was like, what do you mean? Like, it's like a mirror. Because I was looking back on also, um, why you got to do this past Look, this is uh, something that I thought, and I thought it was so, um, like, just so, just kind of profound on how he is, her son got to this point. And it says it, let's go to, and let me explain a little bit more. Second Chronicles, the 21st chapter, this is how he became king, okay? So now you're going to see the symmetry with his mother. Now, Josephat, now Jehoshaphat slept with his fathers and was buried with his fathers in the city of David. And Jehoram, his son, reigned in his stead. And he had brethren, the sons of Jehoshaphat, Ezra, and Joel, and Zechariah, and Zerah, and Michael, and Sephariah were all these were the sons of Jehoshaphat, king of Israel. 
Verse three, and their father gave them great gifts of silver and of gold and of precious things with fenced cities in Judah. But the kingdom gave he to Jerome because he was the firstborn. Verse four, now when Jehoram was risen up to the kingdom of his father, he strengthened himself and slew all his brethren with the sword and divers also of the prince of the princes of Israel. Let me say it one more time. This is just verse four. Now when Jehoram was risen up to the kingdom of his father, he strengthened himself and he slew all his brothers, all his brethren with the sword and the divers also of the princes of Israel. Y'all, this is, you didn't have to do that. You didn't have to do that. You got, you got, and then let's go down a little bit more. Verse five, Jehoram was 32, 30 and two years old when he became to reign and he reigned eight years in Jerusalem. Six verse, and he walked in the ways of the kings of Israel, like he did the house of Arab, for he had the daughter of Arab to wife, and he wrought that which was evil in the eyes of the Lord. Mm. My God. See, that's the thing. And then when you skip, when you go to the next chapter, it happens again, except this is his mom that's doing it. Pastor, what are you trying? Be careful how you teach your children the ways of God. And if you're not teaching them the ways of God, they're going to learn the ways of Satan. And a lot of people are going to sit here and say, well, Pastor, that's not true. Yes, it will. Do you understand that as many times as I am, in the community, I look and see what's going on, and I I have even been able to be some sometimes in schools, present in schools, and I see how they soak up so much information from their friends, from their peers, their colleagues, and you know some even some some of the psychologists or some of the teachers, and the people's mindset would not be God's mindset, and they would plant seeds into that child. And do you see what manifests from what they did? He didn't have to have that. But because he was the firstborn, he was already, that was the custom. But you didn't have to kill your brothers in order for you to maintain that. Come on now. Come on. And what I'm saying is that his mother went in and killed all of, or so she thought now. Let's go down. Verse 11, but Jehoram Beth thought, the daughter of the king, took Josiah, the son of Azariah, and sold him from among the king's sons that were slain, and put him and his nurse in the bedchambers. So Jehoram Beth 
This is the daughter of King Jehoram and the wife of Jehoradah, the priest, for she was the sister of Azir. Hid him from Athenia so that she slew him not. I love that. And I looked at her name, which is, and I don't want to butcher it, it's Jehoros, Jehoram, she bet. And when I looked it up, I thought it was befitting because out of all of this chaos, out of all of these different uh, situations, she was able to go into the house, what was going on. She started to realize what she was up to. And when she was able to realize that, it was able to help this child to be able to go and live and be and have life. And I thought that was so much, that was huge. Because to me, it made me realize or kind of think about, um, it made me think about Moses and how he was uh, rescued and that his mom, um, your heaven, had uh, put him in a basket. And I love how her name means Yahweh is abundance. <laughs> this is what her name means. And that a lot of people need to understand that and her husband, which is a high priest, he was so influential that I was like, man, this is huge. And I was like, I mean, you had to think about it. It's like to have someone there that is willing to teach you, willing to do what God says do no matter what, is huge. I mean, and his name means Yahweh has known, has been concerned. <laughs> Yahweh has no and this is hebrew ah I, I just man i just was like man this is this is this is going to get juicy so after she did all of these things when she just so shea beth went and took her, which is her, her, her brother's son, and stowed him away with his nurse into the bedchambers. Don't you know she could have been killed? She, she, she could have been, you know, contested. Her whole entire life could have been over, but she did it because she knew the cost of it. She knew who was supposed to be over Israel. I, I love that because it made me feel as though all the things that Jezebel had taught her children, it didn't always transfer over to 
all of the grandchildren. What do you mean, Pastor? Think about it. Some of the things that you learn from your parents, and it may have been bad or good, doesn't always transfer to how you discipline your children now. And I have to be kind of, you know, hypocritical about how I speak to my children, how I talk to my children a lot. Because I know me. I know how my anger, my my way of thinking can be. And I don't want to ever step over to what I used to do. Let me say that one more time for the people in the back. And you go like, oh man, pastor, you, you're a pastor. What do you understand? I used to be out in the world. So I know what can honestly sit there. I know how far I can go and how, how far the things of how I speak out of my mouth needs to be. So instead of me doing that, I need to sit there and say, you know what? I'm not going to do that. I got to put a stop and hold to who I am because I can take it so far and I can taint and hurt and, you know, strip down and, you know, put people to shame. And these children, they don't know nothing about that. Adults, some of these adults have been in that type of environment too. And that's where a lot of people need to start realizing and learning and educating yourself how to speak to your children and how to not speak to your children. Profanity, you shouldn't have to use profanity. You shouldn't have to um, belittle a child. You shouldn't have to get in their face like they're adult. You shouldn't have to put your hands on them like an adult. You shouldn't have to. Um, yes, you, you discipline them. Papa, yes. But also at the same as that time, you should not treat them like they're an adult when they're trying to be able to be a child. There's a right and wrong way. And some for some children, you can talk to them and they'll straighten up. For some of them, you can be able to pop them and they'll straighten up. But you have to know the mindset of that child. Don't know why I said that, but these are the things that we as human beings and as parents, we need to start realizing and knowing, okay? But what I'm saying is that when she was able to rescue her nephew, she and her husband, powerful man, powerful priest of God, he was able to be in Judah and in Israel, and he was able to set some things right. I mean, I'm, let's go ahead and go because... I'm going behind myself. I'm getting a little bit ahead of myself. In verse 12, and he he was with them, hidden in the house of God six years. And Athena wrote, reigned over the land. Now the 23rd verse, and in the seventh year of Jehoiakim, strengthened himself and took the captain of hundreds. And Azira, the son of Jerol, and Ishmael, son of Jehoran, and Aziriah, the son of Obed, and Messiah, the son of Adiel, and Elijah Falk, the son of Zerkah, into covenant with him. And they were about in Judah and gathered the Levites out of all of the cities of Judah and the chiefs of the father of Israel. And they came to Jerusalem. 
Verse three, and all the congregation made a covenant with the king in the house of God and said unto them, behold, the king's son shall reign as the Lord hath said of the sons of David. Verse four, this is the thing that yet shall do. A third part of you entering on the Sabbath of the priests and of the Levites shall be portals of the doors. Verse five, and the third part shall be at the king's house and a third part of the gate at the gate, excuse me, of the foundation and all the people shall be in the courts of the house of the Lord. Verse six, but let none come into the house of the Lord, save the priest and they that minister of the Levites. They shall go in for they are holy. But all the people shall keep the watch of the Lord. Verse 7. And the Levites shall compass the king around about every man with his weapon in his hand. And whosoever cometh into the house, he shall be put to death. But be ye with the king when he comes in and when he goes out. So the Levites and all Judah did according to all the things that Jehoiabal, the king, the priest that commanded and took every man, his men that were to come in to the Sabbath with them that were to go out on the Sabbath for Rehoricum, the priest dismissed, not the courses. Verse nine, moreover, Jehoiabal, the priest delivered to the captains of hundred spears and bucklers and shields that have been King David's, which were in the house of God. Verse 10, and he set all the people, every man having his weapon in his hand from the right hand of the temple to the left hand, left side of the temple, along by the altar and the temple by the king round about. Then they brought out the king's son and put upon him the crown and gave him the testimony and made him king. And Jehoiabal and his sons anointed him and said, God save the king. All right now, I know that's a lot, but what he was honestly trying to do, this the priest, Jehoiabal, he wants to set things right. Because he's been having the, the, the son, you know, the former king's son and pretty much in, in Ezra's son, he wanted to make sure that he was able for six months to remain alive because she thought she had nobody con to contest being a king or a queen in Israel or Judah. At this point, it was Judah, but she had nobody to be on the throne. So nobody could contest who the authority or proper authority was. So now, since the king has been able to, you know, get up and in age a little, he's able now to have the priest and all of these priests to come into agreement with them so that they can protect him. And I love how God is able to encompass and surround him 
not just in the natural, but in, in spiritual. And that's what God does for us. And even when the person that took the wrong, uh, authority in the throne, that doesn't, it's not going to stay. It's not going to remain. And I love how we as a nation, God is letting us know that who took it is not going to remain, cannot stay. Wait a minute, Pastor, you know what I'm talking about. And a lot of people need to understand and know it's just like the priest. When he got up, he stripped them and said, I mean, he started to function. He started to realize, look, this is what we need to do as a people and do it in the house of God. Now, let me, let's go ahead and go in. And I love how it still says that, you know, that as God is doing the shifting and the working, she has no knowledge of it. What do you mean, Pastor? Verse 12. Now that Athena heard the noise of the people running and praising the king, she came to the people into the house of the Lord. Now, granted, she did not serve God. She served Baal. She served what her mother taught her. But now since she's in the house of God, she's running to see what the people are talking about. Verse 13, and she looked and behold, the king stood at his pillar at the, at the entering in and the priest and the trumpets by the king. And all the people of the land rejoiced and sound with trumpets, also with the singers, with the instruments of murist, and such as taught to sing praises. Then Athena rented her clothes and said, treason, treason. See, how can you sit there and say treason, treason when you took the authority away from the proper king or queen, whoever God would have had next in line? Let me say that one more time for the people in the back. See, she took what God had already given for her her leisure, her pleasure. Now you're going back and contradicting yourself and saying treason, treason. Hmm. Isn't that kind of, uh, you know, kind of profound? And 14 verse, and then Johada the priest brought out the captains of hundreds that were set over the host and said unto them, have her forth of the ranges and whoso Follow her, let him be slain with the sword. For the priest said, Slay her not in the house of the Lord. That's not what we're supposed to do. But 15 verse. So they laid hands on her. And when she came to the entering of the of the horse gate by the king's house, they slew her. They my God. How is it that the things that we do, and you can sit there well pass it, you know, you saw that she was, yes, she was like that. But do you understand that God had to have his time and his place in order for the people to realize and wake up and smell the coffee, as so to speak, 
of what she was doing. Wait, 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 wait. No, this is something that we need to understand is that we need to realize that Yes, you can pray for people that are in authority. Yes, you can pray for the ones that are over you, country, you know, states, country, what have you. But if you know for a fact that is not what God is saying, you have to be able to rise up and speak what God has told you to speak. And I love that Jehu was in it because he was able to bring down that household. But also at the same as that time, bring a wellness to what is going on. Like he should have our people already knew they were not serving the right true God, but they still wanted to do it because what? That was something that was so comfortable to them. And right now we shouldn't be comfortable. We should get uncomfortable. Let me say that more time for the people at the back. See, while we are yet, Living, God has already ordained who's going to be the next president, who's going to be, you know, the next president, whether it is a man or a woman and chancellor, whatever, ambassador, what have you. But it's up to us to set the tone. And I like that the priest did it. And when he did that, he was setting God and knowing what God said so that he was able to come back into what God was saying, back into alignment. Not just him, but the people of God was able to go back into alignment. The country was able, all of these different things. Now, does that supposed to mirror us today? Yes, it does. So if you know the person is not right, the person is not doing what thus says the Lord, you need to sit there and honestly tell them, no, this is not right. You didn't vote for them, no. But do you understand that some people can try to illegally <laughs> take it over? And now, more than ever, now you're starting to see the ramifications of what they've been doing, what they planning and plotted and everything else. And I love how, you know, she, as his wife, took over and made sure her nephew was taken out of the whole entire equation. She knew what she was about to do. And you know, that has to be God. That just has to be. Because at the same exact time, you're grieving for your brother that passed away, but also at the same time, you're grieving for the offspring that was killed because your mother-in-law wants to take control of the whole entire kingdom. That should not be. I mean, that's a lot of loss right there. But God had to give her the unction and give her the foresight. Hey, don't let him know. No, 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 no. Take him, take the nurse, and 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 steal them away into the chambers. And nine times out of ten, and I read a little bit more, and it was the house of God. Cause she never went in. Ooh, y'all, y'all don't. She never went into the house of God because she was a serving God. Mm. Now, and that's a lot within one, that's a whole lot within that bunch. And to me, it's like, you don't want to serve God. So God is going to be able to have things hidden right in place in order for when it's time for when God says, hey, now it's time to reveal what's going on. Oh my God, he's able to do that. 
he he's able see if she would have sat there and did what god says to do she would have sat there and complied with what god was saying but once again because of greed because of you know you know the you know when she heard her her son had passed away she wanted to take the full authority over it because when she and it's like i learned that you know throughout my travels that there have been women to remain in power through their sons and there was one you know particular um king that you know reigned and his mother pretty much you know he was a pushover and his mom was the one that was really ruling the uh the country and i feel as though you know being a puppet and that's a huge word but it's the truth when you're a puppet you don't have any rights you don't have no process of thinking you're just you know you want to keep your your country and you think it's because of how your mother was able to keep that control when she was with her your father that's how she, you can be able to keep the the whole entire uh kingdom of, you know up and obey and it's just like to me personally if somebody can control you manipulate you um have you to have all of these different things going on and uh being able to let you they are able to control you and then do what they want to do throughout your whole entire kingdom that's a lot that 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 is um that is that is a that is a mess and that's what god tells us that's why he chastises so much what do you mean pastor god chastises us because he don't want us to get the big head he don't want us to get to the point where we don't trust him we don't go with him we don't you know he he sees that when we're doing something wrong okay don't do that don't say that don't don't go that away no, 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 don't even have a relationship with this person or that person. Um, I didn't say this. Who who authorized that? And he does it in a loving manner, but also at the same as a time, he knows that some of us are knuckleheads. Let me say that one more time for people back. He knows that we are knuckleheads and that we sometimes need a stern talking to and to get right back on track. And we need to be able to sit there and honestly, wholeheartedly sit there and think about what we as a nation, as a people, uh, can be able to do. And also with the personal situation and with God, we need to sit there and say, wait a minute, you know, is this situation the way that God wanted me to be? Is this where I'm supposed to be? Is is this the way that I'm supposed to be talking and doing and you know living and I mean it, it just gets to that point. And I had to honestly sit there and say, okay, now I know. Now I have to sit here and I have to make some adjustments. 
I have to sit there and say, okay, am I going to um, honestly go and do what God says do? Or am I going to sit there and suffer the consequences because I'm not doing all that God told me to do? Or I'm not being obedient to what God has told me to do. And in that regard, you need to analyze yourself. You need to honestly have a, have a, shoot, you need to have some conversations and say, hey, you know, did, did God honestly say that? Did, did he honestly want you to go this way in your life? Did he honestly want you to sit there and, you know, say those things, do these things, hang around with this person? Because if he did not, and you did it anyway, hmm, you can be setting yourself up for failure. And honestly, I, I wouldn't want to be having that on my conscience. Not at all. Not at all. But to sit here and to analyze this is that there is a time and a place for everything. But when you sit there and you know the person is not right, why are you going to dwell with this person? And see, Jesus, he dwelt with the tax collector, all these different people. But I love that when he dwelt with them, he was able to rub off on them, not the other way around. Let me say that one more time for people in the back. The impact of all of this could have been prevented if she was serving God. But because of the impact that she given that was like grandmother to mother to son and then having your daughter to change and do daughter-in-law to change and see different things going on um and you know not daughter-in-law but daughter and then to have that knowing that god changed that whole entire demographic that whole entire situation because she could have went a different way but she she clung to what God let her know. She clung to what her husband was teaching. She loved God enough. She knew enough to want to be able to keep the offspring of her dead, uh, her dead brother. And excuse me, her dead brother. So it kind of, to me, to me, it's like God still, still won. God still won. Not kind of, he did. He won because he was able to honestly tell the people how and why it is important to serve him and him alone. He was able to honestly just go and talk to them, but not just talk to them face-to-face, -face, but through his prophets, to the people, through the priests. I mean, just simply put, he gave them commands, and they did not listen. 
And what became of the whole entire situation is this, is that you see the calamity, you see the destruction, you see how people have impacted the lives of their children to nations, to how people think their religion, to how they are able to operate in that. And some of the information I got was from Zavon Illustrated Bible Dictionary. And it has been a really good eye opener when I am uh, reading in the word of God, but also just reading in the word of God, God comes in and he drops a whole lot more uh, knowledge and wisdom in this situation. But it was just the fact that I'm very particular about who I have with my children in my life. I am very particular about whom I am honestly known to be with or associate with. I am, and I don't care what people say. I don't care what nobody says about me, but I'm just being able to honestly sit there and say, look, this is what we have to do and know that God is with us. And when we're doing right by what God has said about us, we prosper. And, you know, later on, that uh, son, which is his son, uh, Josiah, um, he becomes, uh, for the priest, his protege, his He's the one that sits there and he teaches him about God and he sits there and he for a while is is doing what God says do. And, you know, he gets rid of the 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 uh, Baal worship and all demonic stuff. And he he becomes really well noted because of who he associated himself with and how he was able to keep the relationship that he had with God through the priest through Jehoram and Jehoram, he lived 130 years and he was buried very honorably among the Kings in the city of David. And I love how he was able to sit there and lead a life that was of God. And he was able to sit there and do what God says do no matter what was going on. He still did it. And, you know, this priest could have been slown by her. He, they could have, you know, died for what they were doing, but they did it because they knew what was the cost. They knew that because of this, that the rightful king was able to be on the throne. And some of us need to stand up and do what God says do. Honestly, put all of us should. We should be in a state of prayer. We should be in a state of also Casting down the things that should not be, imaginations, um, things of demonic, witchcraft, all that stuff. We should be speaking out and not staying silent. We should be setting a standard in the church. We should be setting a standard at home. We should be setting a standard wherever we go and giving our children the word of God when they need it. Let me say that one more time for the people in the back. We should be. We should be. But like the priest, he was blessed with 130 years. He was able to help his 
king and his kingdom to know and go back to God. That's something that you got to realize that sometimes people don't realize how, how influential they are when they're doing God's work. Let me say it one more time for the people in the back. I didn't know how much God was uh, filling me in only when people come back and tell me, hey, I thank you. God bless you. And to me, you may say it's just a simple thing of praying for them. And it's not just you. It's the spirit within you. But I'm saying this to say that it's the spirit within you that makes you, that causes you to go and do what God says do. It's the spirit that Holy Spirit that is causing you to change and shift and do what God says do no matter what. And it also causes you to make some significant changes in order for you to stand out and do what God says do. Let me say that one more time for people in the back. It's significant changes in your life that God says, hey, I need you to be like this. I need you to go here and I need you to go there. I need you to be able to be the light when there is no light in the whole entire building. And in that regard, we need to be able to listen to the word of God. We need to listen to God's word and his voice and, and just be obedient. Even when it's just little things such as telling someone that God said this and that and letting them go and they need to be able to inquire of God who they're supposed to be, how they're supposed to be. And everybody isn't always going to heed what you're saying. And that's okay. As long as you do what God says do and you do it in love, then, you know, and also the saying is at time, love can be harsh too. I've learned that too. That as a prophet, I can say what God said and I can say it in a voice that may seem harsh or, or what have you, but it can be a warning to that person that their life is, is in detriment, that something is abrupt to them that is going to hit them hard or it's going to cost them their life because they keep doing what God said not to do, but yet and still you keep thinking you have time. That part. So do what God says do. Please make sure that you have the right connections because communication with certain people can be evil and you need to remember who God is. Amen. Romans 10, 9 and 10. And it says that if you want to be able to go back to God, this is uh, this is what the Bible says. Romans 10, 9 and 10. And if thou shalt confess with thy mouth the Lord Jesus and shall believe in thine heart that God has raised him from the dead, thou shalt be saved. Verse 10, for with the heart man believe unto righteousness, and with the mouth confessions man to salvation. Verse 11, for the scripture says, Whoever believeth on him shall be not ashamed. Verse 12, for there is no difference between the Jew and the Greek. For the same Lord over all is rich unto all that can call upon him. Verse 13, for whosoever shall call upon the name of the Lord shall be saved. Now, I'm going to say this. If you don't know who God is, please, you have this moment right now in order for you to pray the prayer of salvation and go and ask for genuine forgiveness from God, not just you know, going through the motions, but really sincerely 
getting a relationship with God and working with who God wants you to be. Amen. Thank you for listening. And if you like what you heard thus far, please follow and subscribe that you can find me on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Podbean, Amazon Music and Audible, Spotify and Stitcher, iHeartRadio, Player FM, Samsung, and other major platforms such as YouTube. If you enjoy this show, please leave a five-star rating. That would help me in reaching more people. And if you have any questions or comments, you can find me on Facebook at It Is Written. L-A-T-O-N-Y-A-U-L-L-O-A. My name is L-A-T-O-N-Y-A-U-L-L-O-A. It is written. But also at the same exact time, if you've been listening for me, with me, to me, (laughs) um, from the very beginning, thank you. And for the ones that have just discovered me, thank you also for trying me out. And if you have, just started just to, you know, engage, understand, learn, um, starting to really consider what's going on with this podcast it is led by God. And I am doing what God says do. This is something that comes out and I give you a whole lot of scripture, but also make sure that it, it also biblical sound scriptures. And also at the same exact time, I also have things that is related to what is going on now. And I love how God has those type of scriptures can pertain to our, the, the, the church you go to, to political, to job related, to all of these different things. Because if you're around people that are living not of God and you are just learning about who God is, it's a lot of separation that you need to do. And you need to understand and clarify, this is what I know. This is what I trust in. And they have a decision. If they want to stay with you, cool. If they don't want to stay, that's fine with them too. But you need to make sure that they know and understand who you are living for. Because once you start realizing and letting them know who God is from the, from the whole entire time, they will, they will make a conscious decision in their mind if they're going to be able to stay or they're going to want to go and leave away from what God is saying. So to me, I always say they have a choice and it says, choose Jesus day whom you will serve. But it says in Joshua, as for me and my house, we shall serve the Lord. So please make that decision today. Know that God loves you. Know that God cares about you. Know that we don't have time like we should. But also at the same as that time, know that whatever is going on, your soul is the most important part of you. Because your body can be gone. But your soul, <laughs> your soul is the one that's going to live on until eternity. And you need to make sure you are going to where God is and remaining there in heaven and not going down to the pit and being cast away into the pit of fire once again at the end. I'm going to say this also too. Please, if you have any questions or comments, reach out to me. Know that I am here. I am on Facebook. Leave us comments, questions, what have you. But also at the same as that time, prayer requests is, is, is a good thing. But know who God is on today and stop 
sitting there and assuming and, and, and going back and forth because your soul, your salvation, that's the most important part in your life because where your soul goes for eternity, that's, that's the most important thing. That's huge. Cause I can get rid of this body, but my soul, oh my God, to get rid of this body. Once you leave this body and I'm not saying suicide is right. That's not what I'm saying. What I'm saying to clarify is that when we leave this earth and you or your soul has been able to withdraw from this home, it has to go somewhere. It's either heaven or hell. And you have to be able to make that choice for yourself. Amen. Thank you so much for listening to me. Know that God loves you. I love you also. But also at the same exact time, know that God's judgment is righteous. Let me say that one more time for the people in the back. Know that God's judgment towards us is righteous. And it's because of our actions are we sent there, whether it's heaven or hell. Can also me die.